time and and uh all right so if anybody else wants to go you're welcome to go with us we're looking forward to that conference and to hearing um uh james boland minister the word i've never got to hear him but from what i've heard he's an excellent speaker he's uh over teen challenge the director of teen challenge down at cape and uh, doing a great great work there so uh Guys, it's going to be a good time, and uh, we there will be food. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there, there will be food, so we will get to eat something. All right, but uh, be a morning service at 10, and uh, break for lunch, and then an afternoon service, and be over around 3 o'clock, so we're looking forward to that. All right, do you have your Bibles this evening? Open them to, I know, to a book you read very frequently to the Old Testament book of Leviticus. All right, if you will open to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus is one of those books that, you know, when you're reading through your Bible reading program every year, um, that's one where a lot of people quit the program, you know. But <laughs> a lot of them quit the program in Leviticus. They'll do okay through Genesis and Exodus, but when they get to Leviticus, they kind of get bogged down. But uh, when you realize and understand that all of the sacrifices, everything in Leviticus, all points to Christ and what he did at Calvary, and um, it, it may, may, means more to us. But in the book of Leviticus, the sixth chapter, and I'm going to read tonight verses uh, 10 through verse 13 verse 10 through verse 13 from Leviticus chapter 6. And I believe the Holy Spirit has already confirmed this tonight, but uh, with, with the message and interpretation. But I want to preach and deal with the subject tonight of maintain the flame. Maintain the flame. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 10, And the priest shall put on his linen garments and his linen breeches, shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire has consumed, and the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place." And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. The fire shall always be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. Father, thank you tonight for this service thus far, for your presence that we have already experienced here tonight, the wonderful time of worship that we've had 
And now I'm asking you to speak through my lips tonight and give to me what you would have me to give to your church. Let me be tonight your mouthpiece, an oracle of God to speak your word. And we give you praise for what you're going to do tonight. My prayer, my desire, Father, is that you will rekindle the fire in me, in this church, and every single one of us tonight. Let it begin in our lives tonight. Let the fire be ever burning upon the altar of our heart. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen and amen. Maintain the flame. The fire on the altar, as we have read here, was never to go out. Speaking of the brazen altar that was there in the tabernacle in the wilderness, God gave the command that on that altar the fire was to always be burning. And this fire was originally started by God. It was originally the one started and given by God. He was the one who gave the fire. But it had to be maintained. God supernaturally ignited that fire on that brazen altar, but it was the responsibility of the priests to keep that fire burning. The priests were instructed to keep wood on the fire and to see that the fire never ever went out. This was their solemn responsibility. And God gave this instruction in the text where I read to you tonight that just in these few verses, God gave that instruction to those priests three different times. Three different times God said the fire shall ever be burning on the altar. Now if God says something once, we need to take notice of that. If God says something twice, we really need to give heed to that. But when the Lord says something three times, he's trying to get his point across, and he's, he's, he means what he says, don't let the fire go out. So it was very important that these priests keep that fire burning on that brazen altar. And likewise, in the same way, it is so important that you and I, that we as children of God, as a church, not let the fire of God go out in our lives and not let the fire of God go out in the church. The fire is supernatural. As I said, it's a supernatural fire that was given by God, but it is up to you and I to keep that fire burning in our lives. We must never, ever let it go out. Can I get an amen here tonight? We must keep it kindled constantly. The fire on that Old Testament altar, when you study this and when you read this, you see that the fire on that Old Testament altar, was tended to every day. There were other duties that the priests had, and maybe there were other duties and tasks that possibly could have been postponed. But this was one particular task that had to be tended to daily. The fire had to be kept burning because the fire was the symbol of the presence of God. Are you listening? The fire was the symbol of the presence of God. When the fire was constantly burning, 
burning upon the altar. The fire said, God is in your midst. God is in the camp. The fire, as I said, was kindled and began and started by God. And it was the symbol of them to them that God was in their midst. You don't have to fear. What he was saying is as long as the fire is burning, it reminded them of his presence. He was saying to them, you don't have to fear. You don't have to panic. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about the enemy because I am in your presence. The Bible says that our God is a consuming fire. And when you go through the scriptures, you find there are a lot of places where fire was used. And I won't take the time to go through them, but you can do a a, a concordance search with the word fire and see how many times the fire was, was, was given by God and represented God and represented the presence of God. So the fire is a symbol of God's presence. It is is letting us know when the fire of God is there that he is in the midst of his people. On the day of Pentecost, there was a fire kindled. And I preached about the Holy Spirit this morning. And I just felt led this week of the Lord that I wanted to preach a little more on Sunday night about the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. But it was on the day of Pentecost when that sound from heaven came as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house there where they were sitting where they had been in prayer meeting for some 10 days and the Bible said that it was cloven tongues like as of fire. Can somebody say amen? There was a fire that came and rested and set upon a flickering flame that was a manifestation on that day of Pentecost that set upon the heads of every one of them that was there and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Ladies and gentlemen that fire was kindled on that day of Pentecost and we need that fire within our hearts and lives. I did my best this morning to try to encourage people to be filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to preach tonight and do my best to encourage you that are here tonight. And I believe this, this group that's here on Sunday night, you are the ones that want the fire of God. You're the ones that want the Spirit of God and the power of God and the fire of God in your life. And the Holy Spirit has spoken and said that He wants us to have that fire. We have become the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we must be Christians today that are filled with the Holy Spirit, with the fire of God. And we have to be, we have to be. In these last days, we must be a church that is on fire. We must never allow the fire to go out upon the altar. We must never allow the fire to go out with within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abundant Life Family Church must always be the Pentecostal church that God raised us up to be and that God has called us to be and that God has empowered us to be and that God has equipped us to be. And by the help and the grace of God, 
as long as I'm here behind this pulpit, I want to do my very best to make sure that the fire never goes out at Abundant Life Family Church. But the fire will always be burning in the altar. I get a little bit concerned. I get nervous when it seems like the fire's dwindling, dwindling a little bit or burning a little bit low. And I pray a little extra for it and about it. And I'm always consulting the Lord and inquiring of the Lord and requesting from the Lord, God, we must have the fire. Lord, rekindle the flame of the Holy Ghost, of the power of God within our lives and within our church. And let us always have the fire of the Holy Ghost and be the Pentecostal church that we need to be in these last days. Come on, amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. When you read this text, we see that it was the priests who were responsible for keeping the flame and maintaining the fire in the Old Testament. In verses 10 and 12 that I read to you this evening, it spoke directly, God spoke directly through Moses to the priest that it was the priest that shall put on the linen garment and his linen breeches or the undergarment and shall take up the ashes and it was the priest that was spoken to directly to keep the flame maintained on the altar in that Old Testament. Well brother Rick what does that have to do with you and I tonight? What does that have to do with us? Well the Bible teaches us that in the New Testament under the New Covenant that you and I are New Testament priests. Aren't you glad we don't have to go before some man today? That we don't have to go, and I know there's religions that still do that. They have a priest that they go to and confess to, and that they, you know, has have the, that priest to intercede and mediate for them. But I'm so glad today that I don't have to go to a man to get to Jesus. I'm so glad today that I don't have to go to Mary to get to Jesus, I'm so glad today that he has made us a kingdom of priests unto God. And you and I, are New Test- as New Testament believers, the Bible says, are made a kingdom of priests. And he has made us, Jesus has made us kings and priests unto God. Peter said that you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. And thank God we don't have to go before a man today, but we can go directly to God but what I'm saying here tonight is this as a New Testament priest today in Jesus Christ it is your responsibility and it is my responsibility just as it was the responsibility of that Old Testament priest to make sure there was fuel on that fire and the flame never went out it is your job and my job and our duty and our responsibility tonight and we can't fluff it off or put it on somebody else it's up to you and it's up to me if there's a fire in your life if there's a fire of God burning in our church we are the ones who must maintain the flame and the fire of the Holy Spirit 
It's our responsibility and job. You and I are the keeper of the flame of our heart. The fire on the altar tonight, on the altar of our heart, the fire of God that he kindled. And I'm trusting that everyone here in this service on this Sunday night has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. If not, tonight it would be a good time during our altar service just to get in the altar and let God baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with the fire of God. But if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, you are the keeper of that flame. The fire on the altar is an individual thing. And if it goes out, hear me tonight, church, if that fire goes out, then you can't put that blame on anybody else. If that fire goes out, if you become cold and indifferent in your walk with the Lord, then you have to assume that responsibility yourself. And I know myself as a pastor, I feel the responsibility as a pastor for the fire that is in this church. As I said, when when it seems the fire is getting a little low, when it seems that there's not the move of the Spirit that I want to see and desire, I get a little bit concerned. And I take that responsibility. I search my heart. And I say, God, is there something I need to be doing? We need the fire of God. Lord, we need it. And if that fire goes out, you, if it goes out in your heart, if it goes out in your life, you as the priest are the one that must tend to it. And you are the one that is responsible for your individual relationship and walk with God. If you fall, if your fire goes out, you can't blame me. If your fire goes out, you can't blame your neighbor. If your fire goes out, you can't blame some situation or circumstance. You can't blame somebody else for throwing a, hot, a, a, a wet blanket on your fire. It's an individual thing. You are the priest of God. And God has given to us the responsibility tonight to keep the fuel on the fire in our heart and stay on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You as that New Testament priest, believer priest, are responsible for that fire on the altar. I've had people to say, well, you know that this church um, or the pastor have blamed the church or the pastor for their cold and indifference in the Lord. Well, if you're cold tonight and indifferent and backsliding, it's your own fault. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. We preach the word. We pray. We, we, we allow for the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. So if the fire goes out in your heart or life, you're the one that has to assume the responsibility and make sure that you get that flame rekindled. The Bible tells us, and I preached a message some months ago from 2 Timothy 1 and 6 where Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift of God, the flame that was in him, that was given him by the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. He told Timothy, stir up the gift, rekindle the fire. Many translations say 
And that word gift there is the word charisma that has to do with the anointing of God, with the Spirit of God, with the gifting of God, with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and Timothy, you know, he had received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but he was in a place where it needed to be stirred. And I, I feel like there's a lot of Pentecostals tonight that are in that same boat that Timothy was in. We're in that same place tonight that we need to stir. And amen, you know what I'm talking about. Those old wood stoves, those fireplaces, those campfires. Man, that, 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 that fire gets to burning down a little bit and gets to smoldering a little bit. Hallelujah, if you neglect it and leave it alone, it's gonna go completely out. It'll be nothing but ashes in just a little while. But you know what you gotta do is get that poker and you've gotta stir up those coals. You gotta move things around a little bit and then you gotta get some fresh wood. Hallelujah, and throw another log on that fire. My God, that's what the church has got to do. We're living in a day today where this world needs a church that is on fire. We're living in a day today where it's hard to find a church with a church service on a Sunday night, many of them not even on a Wednesday night. We're living in a day today where the fire on the altar has gone out and God's calling us back to Holy Ghost revival. God's calling us back to a move of God. God's calling us back and saying you need to stir up the Holy Ghost in your heart and in your life and not let the fire go out upon the altar. You've got to maintain the flame. Amen? i got to stay up here. I can't wear myself out. Stir up the gift of God. That fire on that altar had to be tended to every day. Did you notice what it said? He said in verse number 9, command Aaron and his son, saying this is the law of the burnt offering. Because of the burnt offering upon the altar, all night into the morning, the fire of the altar shall be burning. And at verse 10, said that he will, the priest will put on his linen garments and he will take up the ashes which the fire has consumed with the burnt offering on the altar and put them beside the altar. And she, he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp into a clean place. Every morning, every morning, this particular duty had to be performed by that priest. He would go to that fire on that altar. He would shovel out and clean out all the ashes from the night before. He would, he would get all of the ashes out, put them in a vessel and carry them out to a clean place and dump them out. And then he would put fresh wood upon the fire. That ashes from that previous day had to be removed. And fresh wood added every morning so the fire would not go out. Boy, I tell you what, when I was reading that, I thought, man, there's a lot of Christians today. Got a lot of ashes that needs to be shoveled out and cleaned out. Praise God. I don't know if we need to go there or not. But praise God, before the fire can be rekindled, we got to make sure 
sure we got ourselves cleaned up and cleaned out and ready for the fresh fuel for the fire of the Holy Spirit. That fresh fuel was added daily and that fuel that we must add daily to the fire of the Holy Spirit is our prayer life, our worship, our praise, our Bible study, our being in the presence of God. Just those things, those, those, those disciplines, those Christian disciplines of spending time in the presence of God. Coming to church. Do you know that coming to church is one of the things that will help clean the ashes out and put some fresh fuel on your fire? Praise God. That's why I preached this morning about that dynamic life in the Spirit. Part of that being worship. That's so important that we come to the house of the Lord and we give everything to our worship because that's where the fire is stirred up and rekindled in our heart and in our life. Let me tell you something. The greatest enemy of any fire, and we all know this, is the enemy of neglect. When we neglect our worship, when we neglect our prayer life, when we neglect the Word of God, when we neglect our church attendance, when we've come to a place where other things mean more to us than the things of God, we're neglecting the fire and the ashes are building and we begin to smolder and it won't be long until the fire of God in our life has gone out. There are some spiritual signs that the fire in someone's life is going out. You can see and tell the signs when you see Christians that, that have come to a place or are in a sense of boredom with the God, with the things of God. When they're in a sense of boredom or in a place of drudgery, when it's just like, well, every, you know, it's the same old, same old. Here we go again. Well, I guess we're going to have to go to church. I'm going to tell you, when, 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 when people get up on Sunday morning and husband and wife start asking one another, well, we going to church today. Brother, I'm telling you, their fire's out. I said their fire's out. They ought to not be in a question. You jump up and say, we're going to the fireplace today. We're going to the fire station. We're going to the firehouse. We're going to the house of the Lord so we can get some fresh fuel put on the fire of our altar of our heart. Hallelujah. We've got to have that. But when there's that sense of boredom and that, oh, well, it's just the same old thing. We've changed things up a little bit today. Amen. We're trying to wake some folks up. I don't know if it's possible for some people, but we're trying to shake them and wake them and stir them. My God, I'm praying, God, get a hold of some people. Stir them up. Jesus is coming. Souls are dying and going to hell. And we must have the fire of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. God will hold us responsible for that. It's our responsibility to keep that fire burning. The blight, the enemy to our spiritual to our spirituality is the biggest enemy is complacency. When we're satisfied with the things as they are, when we become satisfied with the status quo, that we're happy with the way we are, that good enough becomes our standard. That's a sign that we've entered into some lukewarmness. And it's time to clean out the ashes. 
It's time to clean out the ashes and put some fresh fuel on our fire and get on fire for God one more time. Amen. Amen. That fire in the Bible is a symbol, one of the symbols of the Spirit of God, of the power of God. I quoted the scripture. I don't know, it might have been last week, but it seemed like I quoted it recently. How that John said concerning Jesus that when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. With the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire is a symbol of the Spirit. As I said, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, fire was present and evident. We don't see the flame of fire on our heads when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, but there is that presence of fire. Fire is something, you know, that fire energizes. Fire purges. Fire burns out dross. Fire burns out impurities. That's, that's what the Holy Ghost does. He purges. He purifies. He burns out junk in our life. Amen. That's why we need that fire. Burn up all that stuff that we don't need and carry those ashes out hallelujah that's why that fire has to be has to be going fire will also fire will also draw people's attention you never see anybody you never see anybody you know following a, a hearse down the road see where they're going you know where they're going they're going to the cemetery but I'm telling you see a couple of fire trucks going down the road you're getting curious wonder where the fire's at hallelujah you want to follow them find out where the fire's at oh I'm telling you I'm telling telling you when a church gets on fire people are going to come to see somebody asked John Wesley one time how a young preacher asked him said uh, uh, Mr. Wesley how can I get people to come and listen to me preach what can I do to get people to come and listen to me preach John Wesley said young man I'll tell you what you need to do he said just get on fire for God and people will come and watch you burn Oh, we need a church on fire where people will be drawn, where people will come, where people will say there's something going on at Abundant Life Family Church. There's a fire. If you have a need, there's a fire. If you need something from God, the Lord, the presence, the power of God is there to meet the need in our lives. Amen. No more complacency. We've got to get through that. That apathy. We're having revival coming up. Amen. With Brother John. Dancing John. Praise God. And I'm looking forward to it. But we want, I'm praying, I'm asking everybody to pray, 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 pray. Pray for this revival. That God will do great things. My Lord, that God will do great things. Amen. I, I, there's a, you, you all are familiar. And I'm going to be done here in just a minute. But you all are familiar with the story in the Bible in Genesis chapter 22. God spoke to Abraham. And God told Abraham to take Isaac, his only son Isaac, to Mount Moriah and to offer Isaac there as a sacrifice. Abraham didn't understand all that, but he believed God. He obeyed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. But Abraham took Isaac, his son. He took the lamb 
for the sacrifice or I'm sorry he took the wood for the sacrifice and he went and took his son and they went to the Mount Moriah to offer Isaac well Isaac wasn't really sure what was going on I don't think and when they arrived there at the at the place of the sacrifice Isaac was kind of curious and Isaac knew Isaac knew that there were three things that were needed for a sacrifice he knew in order to have a sacrifice what well, you had to have wood you had to have fire and you had to have a lamb amen and they had two of the three and so Isaac asked his father he said you know I've got a question and Abraham said what is it son he said well I, I know we're going we're here to have sacrifice to the Lord and he said I see the fire and I see the wood but where is the lamb the lamb's not here and you remember the reply of Abraham he said son oh here was his faith he said son God will provide himself a lamb boy it was a type it was a shadow it was a picture of God the father giving his only begotten son as the lamb of God for the sins of the world amen but today we look at a lot of churches and I want to use that little illustration because we look at a lot of churches today and we have to kindly invert the same question that Isaac asked when Isaac said we've got the fire and the wood but where's the lamb when you look at many of our churches today and especially in the Pentecostal ranks when you look at them today you see and you have to ask you say well I see the wood the cross is the wood I see the lamb the lamb of God that we preach Jesus the lamb that takes away the sin of the world but we have to ask the question we've got the wood we've got the lamb but where's the fire I said where's the fire we've got to have the fire hallelujah oh my lord there's so many today yeah it's good you're preaching Jesus and thank God a lot of have a lot of have even forsaken the cross but thank God if you're preaching the cross we've got to preach the cross we've got to preach the blood we've got to preach the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But if we stop there, there's some, there's another step that we've got to take because after we've come to the cross, after we've come to the Lamb, we still need to go to the upper room. I said we still need to go to the upper room and we still need to get the fire. We still need the power. We still need the Holy Ghost in our lives today. Won't you give the Lord a praise? Amen. The church on fire will be endued with power from on high. What's happened today in our churches? What's happened? You know what we've done? You know what churches, many churches, not all, thank God, but many churches, you know what they have done? They have substituted and replaced the power of the Holy Spirit with some man-made excitement, with man-made programs, with man-made promotions. And they are filling church buildings up and filling pews and seats. I've said this before. That's the reason I don't go to some of these conferences that... that 
that are given because they want to tell you the Madison Avenue way um, of marketing the church. We ain't here to market the church, ladies and gentlemen. Are you hearing me? We're, we're not here marketing anything, but they're trying to tell you how to market the church and how to use this plan and this program and this scheme. Amen. Leaving the Holy Ghost completely, totally out of it. I'm going to tell you what the Apostle Paul said. You know what Paul said? Paul said to that church at Corinth, he said, I didn't come to you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm my, my speech and my preaching that I came with to you with is not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but it's in the demonstration of the Spirit and power that your faith not stand, listen to it, in the wisdom of men, but that your faith stand in the power of God. That's where we need to be tonight, a faith in Christ and Him crucified and a church filled with the power, with the power of Almighty God. Fancy programs, amen, uh, and marketing schemes are not going to deliver the alcoholic. They're not going to set the drug addict free. They're not going to loose that, that boy or girl from heroin. But I'm telling you something that will. The power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the gospel, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ will destroy the yoke. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that removes the burden. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost that sets the captive free. God, give us the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We must have it. We've got to maintain the flame. Vance, Vance Havner, great old-time Baptist preacher. I've got several Vance Havner's books. I love to read them because he was an old-time preacher. Vance Havner said that the early Christians knew Jesus, and they upset the world and they worried the devil, and they gave wicked rulers insomnia. He said they had something that the jails couldn't lock up, the water couldn't drown, and swords couldn't kill. They were fools with facts and on fire for God. Oh, hallelujah. Very simple. But man, they turned the world upside down. And in this age and hour which we live, right before the Lord is coming back for His church, we need to be a church that is, that is as He described, a church that are full of people that are just fools for Christ's sake with the facts of the gospel of Jesus Christ and on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit. God's looking for that church. God's looking for those Christians and God can and will use that church in these last days. Amen?
The great preacher Leonard Ravenhill, who wrote so many classic books, um, Why Revival Tarries, Revival Praying, and so many great books by, by Leonard Ravenhill, said the world is going to hellfire because the church has lost Holy Ghost fire. Oh, that should shake us to the core tonight. Amen. As believers, and get us back in these altars and get us filled again and kindle again the flame of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Amen. You can lose it. You can let it go out. But it's time to rekindle it. I think about I'm closing. I'm going to have the worship team make their way back. I, I think about the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of my favorite Bible characters. I love the prophet Jeremiah. He's known as the weeping prophet because he was always, he had a rough go. Jeremiah preached nearly 40 years and didn't have one convert. Didn't have one convert. Was he successful? Well, in the, in, the, in the eyes of the modern day church growth gurus, Jeremiah was not successful because he didn't build a big church and he didn't see a lot of people saved, didn't see anybody saved. But you know what? In the eyes of God, Jeremiah was successful. You know why? Because he was faithful to preach and to prophesy and to stand for God and to preach the truth. Amen. It wasn't his, it wasn't his responsibility to make them believe it. It was to Jeremiah that God said, Jeremiah, when you're preaching to them, don't look at their faces because you ain't going to like what you see. I know what he's talking about. They Sometimes when I'm up here, I just want to go like this. Amen. He said, Jeremiah, don't look at their faces. Don't look at their faces. But he said, you just be faithful to preach. You keep preaching. You keep preaching. And Jeremiah did. He kept preaching. But he was ridiculed. He was, he was despised. He was locked up. He was put in a pit. He was locked up in the dungeon. He was put in the stocks. He was whipped. He was beaten. My Lord, the, my, the average Christian today couldn't go through nothing like that. But he was still faithful to preach and prophesy and to proclaim what the Lord had put in his mouth. But one thing about Jeremiah, there was a day that came in his life. And I, and I like this particular instance because it reminds me of me. Amen. And I'm sure every preacher has been in that place that Jeremiah was in at that particular time. He had been slapped in the face by a man named Pasher. He had been just pulled out of a dungeon. He had been derided and ridiculed and he told the Lord. He even said to the Lord, you've deceived me. You've called me. I've done my best. I'm paraphrasing, but basically he was having a little, uh, getting that on with the Lord. He said, I've, I've done everything and, and I'm still derided and everything's going against me. Nothing's going right. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's listening to what I'm saying. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm quit. I ain't never said that, have a Vic. Don't answer that. Every preacher has. Every pastor had sometimes pulled the billfold out and took their credentials out and throwed them down and said, I'm mailing them in. I'm done with this. I quit. 
And Jeremiah said, I'll not make mention of him again. I'll not preach another sermon. I'll not tell them anything else about the Lord. I'm done with this altogether. I'm quitting. But you know what the next thing was he said? But you know what? He said, but his word was in my heart like fire. Like fire. Oh, like fire. Shut up in my bones. And I can't stop. I can't stop. You know what keeps a preacher preaching? You know what keeps a preacher preaching when nobody listens? You know what keeps a preacher preaching when people stay home on Sunday night and Wednesday night? You know what keeps a preacher preaching when nobody wants to hear what you got to say? It's that fire. It's that fire. If you keep that fire burning, you'll keep preaching somebody said here a while back if you're still preaching after the last two years you were called of God I said amen hallelujah if you can go through what we've been through and what the church has been through in these past two years and you're still picking up a microphone and a bible and preaching I'm telling you you've got a fire burning on the inside my God let it burn let it burn let it burn let it burn Holy Ghost fire, let it burn. Come on, stand with me tonight. Oh, Rabba Shatala Baradiya Dalaboso.